0: All right, Boca Podcast listeners, I'm here with my new friend, Kylie Ann from Kylie Ann Photography. Thank you so much for making time for our podcast today.
1: Yes, thanks for inviting me. It's so much fun.
0: And and we have done, a, this is the third actually podcast interview that I've done here at the Photo Native Conference in Provo, Utah, right outside of Salt Lake City. If you guys haven't heard the other episodes yet, I'm going to say it again. The scenery right now that I'm looking at with these mountains rising above us is just absolutely Mind-blowing. It's stunning. And you don't live very far from here, right?
1: Nope. Just two hours over the mountains. So uh, it's,
0: You're absolutely lucky as can be to be in just an absolutely stunning, stunning place. I want to come back here and ride a motorcycle just any and everywhere. It's amazing. But I want our audience to get to know you a little bit. I'm going to get to know you a little bit because this is really our first time connecting. And I love those kinds of raw mm-hmm. conversations. Um, but before we do that, the way that we normally start off the book of podcast is with something that we call the aha moment. And this might be what you would consider maybe the most difficult lesson that you've learned as a photography business owner thus far. Does something in particular pop into your head when you think about that?
1: I think balance has been the hardest thing to figure out in this, this um, photography industry that I had to give up some of my family time or personal time, self-care to make this work and to have a successful business. It seemed like everyone else was always working and always working towards something. And so I had to give up things to be successful and that's not the case so that when I had that moment of that I can be successful without giving up the things that I love that's when I think it really became the best business and best life balance as well.
0: Oh, I love that. And I love how, I love how pointed you are to the point that you are. And we're going to actually, this really plays very well on a topic that we're going to get to a little bit later, which is very simply how to have a healthy hustle. And we're going to explain what that phrase even means here in just a little bit. But um, I love, I love that you realize, and and I think more and more photographers are realizing this reality, which is um, they can work really, really hard for the sake of their business. They can grow their business even, but they can still have a life as well. And that's really a lot of what the book of podcasts is about. It's what my editing company is about. It's giving photographers the ability to have that kind of freedom and flexibility that entrepreneurs really should be able to have. Um, so that's really, really good. I love starting off that way. I want to know more about you though. And I have to, to just kind of start us off. I have to read this quote from your website. It's pretty great. And by the way, for those of you listening in, if you haven't seen Kylie's website yet, go to kylieann.com. So it's K Y L. E-E-A-N-N. Is that correct? Yes. .com. Make sure you go take a look at her her website. It's actually really, really impressive. Well laid out and designed. But this is a quote from the website. You say, I'm Kylie, a mom boss building businesses and community from the comfiest spot on my bed. And I love that. I'm a photographer, an educator, a mom blogger, and community builder. I shoot weddings and families, lead an incredible team of photographers and employees, share my love for mascara, makeup, help Other entrepreneurs create thriving businesses, and most importantly, take my kids on adventures. That's a beautiful summation, I think, but I'd love for you to dive into that a little bit deeper. Tell us about your husband. Tell us about your kids a bit.
1: So I was married pretty young. Um, My husband actually is the reason I started my photography business. In um, the beginning when we were dating... He, I was just engaged to him at the time. He sold his Xbox and bought me my first camera for Valentine's Day. And that's what started in Photography. He's the one who believed in me. It really just took a man who loved his wife more than an Xbox. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, man, you can almost make a t-shirt out of that, right? I know, right? that's a good
1: t-shirt, right? <laughs> um, a month later, after he gave me my camera... I married him, so it worked out for him. I started my business. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? That's
0: really... I have to ask what kind of camera.
1: It was a Nikon D3100. Nice. So at the time, it was everything, and I didn't know anything. So it was the best thing ever, and it's amazing, you know, that... You know, just such a basic camera, but it really is what started Kylie in photography. And later that summer, I shot a couple weddings really cheaply, but I bought back his Xbox. So it's like our gift of love story. I love it. That's a brilliant story. So we found out we were having a baby boy about a year after we were married so almost two years later we had our first son since then I've had a little girl and a little boy and so I have three kids under five I started really growing my business professionally after my son was born because I committed to running the business as a business and so my I've been kind of raising my kids while growing my business at the same time so it's been pretty crazy but it's been awesome
0: and that's it. I'm glad that you make this point because this is an important point that we all have to remember which is we're not employees of our business. We're CEOs, we're owners of our business and we should be treating it as such. And it takes a little bit of proactivity and an investment of time and putting systems in place and I know this is something that's a specialty of yours and we're going to get into a little bit of it here shortly but it's really important that we actually run our business and we don't let it run us. Yes. And it takes a, that, that takes proactivity. It's a word I use a lot in this podcast, but it's it's true. You have to be the one initiating that effort to, on purpose, intentionally put the systems in place that make an efficient business, that allow you to, to grow the business while still having a life at the same time. So speaking to that, how do you create free time to spend with your family, with your kids, with your husband? How do you make that time amidst all the craziness of running a business, Um, really multiple businesses?
1: So the one thing that I've had to learn is that I have to schedule everything in to make things possible. So if I want to have my business succeed and to grow it and also be present with my family and be able to do like, vacations and kids days and things like that, then I have to schedule everything. So I time block a lot. I put my to-do list into my calendar and I actually have a day um, every day a week called kid day where I put my computer away and we just hang out and do whatever the kids want to do at their pace. And if they want to do, um, stay at the museum for four hours, we stay at the museum for four hours and I never rush it. I just let them do whatever they want to do. And I balance out having a business working all the time with being able to just do what they want to do.
0: And we're going to talk a little bit more about those family days here in just a little bit because um, this is something that that we did as well with our kids. It was so important in order to make them feel, well, to feel important um, and, and of course, make sure that, that the business wasn't taking precedence over that relationship with them ultimately. So it's really, really good. but. This has been truly has been a theme over the last probably even like the last five or six episodes in the book of podcast. Um, this idea of intentionality, where or again using the word proactive, proactively going into your calendar and setting time aside. You have to commit to it. It's it's very easy as a business owner with everything happening. It, it feels like it's happening to us to just kind of constantly react, right? Uh, but this idea that you go in there very proactively create a time slot that is dedicated to your husband It's dedicated to your kids It's dedicated to spending time with them or friends or other family whatever the case may be you've got to be intentional about it and that's really really good now talk to us a little bit about your photography business brand I know that uh, you mentioned to me earlier you're shooting weddings and seniors is that correct
1: I do more commercial and family stuff but okay. we do have a senior photographer so originally it was weddings and families uh, more of like a lifestyle style. So anything with people, births and families and weddings, I got to the point where I was shooting like 25 weddings a year, kind of average wedding photographer, full-time wedding photographer. And then it just got to where I had more kids and I started slowing down. And so then I hired some associate photographers. I hired one associate photographer and she shot 50 weddings her first year under me. And I realized that I could slow down and she could shoot more weddings. And I started focusing more on family and commercial stuff.
0: Okay. I have to, we have to backtrack because you're so nonchalant about it. She shot 50 weddings. Yeah.
1: She's crazy. In the first year. She's crazy.
0: Well, I mean, that's, so that's a whole different conversation. I'm just impressed by the fact that you booked 50 weddings under her in the first year. How did you do that?
1: Um, well, first of all, I think by then my brand was pretty established in the area, Okay. and it's one of those things where you can't shoot everybody's wedding. Not everyone can afford what my pricing was. So, having an associate photographer at a lower price point, yeah. we were able to hit those brides that I couldn't personally serve, that our brand could then serve. So,
0: and that how were you doing that? Was it bridal shows or what? No, we?
1: we don't do bridal shows. Okay. We actually fail. Maybe bridal that kind shows of dates me us. asking no, that question. <laughs> it doesn't work in our area, okay. and I, it it um, it even works here in Salt Lake, but. It doesn't work in our town. But okay. we, um, SEO, marketing, um, just having a really good client experience that keeps people coming back. Yeah. Good word of mouth. Instagram. We love Instagram. That kind of stuff, just kind of putting our ourselves out there in all the different ways has really helped us grow and continue to grow. And now that we have another photographer, um, we're hoping she can shoot Shoni Weddings this year and Rachel can continue to shoot her 50. So it should should just continue to go. And every, I mean, she shot 50 weddings in her first year and 50 weddings in her second year. And all of those 50 weddings have bridesmaids and friends. And so that's it will just incredible. continue to grow. Wow.
0: Yeah. And so between, so well, that's, we'll just say 70 weddings. And then on top of that, you're shooting commercial and family as well. Mm-hmm. How many sessions will you shoot?
1: This year, I'll probably be slowing down since I just had my third, but I shoot at least 100 sessions a year. And last year, I shot seven weddings in seven states. So it was that's pretty amazing. Crazy. I,
0: yeah. Do you just have like an incredible amount of energy? What, what drives <laughs> you to build a business like this? Because not only are you shooting, then we're going to talk about this here in a little bit. But You're also heavily involved in photographer education too.
1: Yes. So one of the things is that I don't do it all. And um, I think that's important to note is that I'm not doing all the behind the scenes stuff anymore. I was in the beginning. As soon as she shot her first four weddings in a week, I decided to hire an editor. I'm not doing it all, but at the same time, I love, um, I just love what I do. So doing it, I love building the business. I love being able to support, not only being able to serve all these brides that I wasn't able to serve before, but being able to support these girls in their own families and situations, being able to give someone like a full salary at yeah. the end of the year oh, has been really, really like a motivating factor in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really, it never was a goal of mine, but once it became what my life was, I just wanted to continue to be able to support them in their careers. And it's just been crazy, but it's been fun.
0: I'm, I'm so truly <laughs> impressed. Really. I mean, that's, that's really, really great. Now, how do you set yourself apart as a Let's just, let's touch on weddings. And this is a conversation we have a good bit of the book of Podcast. but I'm, I'm curious because I think it's so important how you differentiate yourself from other wedding photographers. Wedding photography, the, the industry is so saturated, right? So in communicating your brand position, how do you, well, I guess very simply, how do you communicate the brand position? How do you differentiate yourselves when you're marketing your, your company to potential brides?
1: So one of the things we're really known for is like kindness and service. It's something that you can see throughout our blog and our brand but it's also when you get us on the wedding day we serve everybody and we help set up tables and help the grandma and you know let everyone take pictures if they want to and just really um i think that sets us apart as people they everyone wants to be around one of our photographers on the wedding day because it's not just, so just a job they just hang out yeah, with yeah fun. yeah but then also with that we also serve with like bridal education and a bride magazine and things before the wedding process as well um even if they're not our brides they can be in on our email list where they get a bride tip every week and just ways we can serve our brides from before they book us Mm. to when they book us Mm -hmm. and after. And I think that's what kind of has set our brand apart is we invest in our clients because we actually care. I think photographers in general do care, but we show that we care as more than just like a price tag as their friend, as their wedding best friend. Because their roommates are going to get sick of them planning a wedding, but that's what we
0: love. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, and and there is really something to be said for being that person's friend on the wedding day. It's amazing. Even in my experience as a wedding photographer, even with a wedding coordinator around, you still become this source of support or of information or encouragement or otherwise. Uh, And and just a simple effort of being kind goes so, so far. And I've talked about this before in the podcast, but... One of the things that always, I mean, it cracks me up thinking about it, but I think it's beautiful too, is that the number of people that came up to me and said, you're an amazing photographer. They hadn't seen any of my work yet. They hadn't, I mean, we, this is maybe halfway through the day, but being a nice person, a helpful person, a kind individual Translated in their minds to you're a great photographer. And I think that speaks volumes um, to a conversation that has also been relatively consistent here on the podcast, which is the reality of technology enabling the consumer and the prosumer to become a decent photographer. That is going to make it tougher and tougher for us as so called professional photographers to set ourselves apart. So, what does that mean? Well, that translates then to the, the fact that we need to create a unique experience. And part of creating that unique experience is you have to actually make sure that that client is taken care of on a level that feels like like almost a best friend would take care of them, engage with them in a very, very similar fashion. And it's a small piece of it, but that is part of the experience that we have to create for our clients anymore. Or they can just go down the street to their friend and say, hey, you know, with their whatever, their fancy uh, consumer SLR and, mm-hmm. and ask them to take pictures for them because they can't. So we really do have to focus on creating a unique experience. And, and again, this, this friendliness, as simplistic as it may sound, is so, such an important part of that. Now, you've got your photography business. We already alluded to the fact that you are involved in photographer education. You're going to be sh- speaking at the the shift web conference that I'm also going to be a part of. We talked to Abby earlier, her podcast episodes coming out here pretty soon as well. She's hosted, created this thing and and hosting it. And you're going to be talking about this. uh, Well, one of the things that you, you mentioned to me, you're going to be discussing at that web conference is the idea of a healthy hustle. Actually, even before that, just being a better business owner, a better business person as a photographer. It's so important. But what does it mean to have a healthy hustle? Because this word hustle is thrown around a lot these days. It's kind of, you know, you see the hashtags and the the Instagram graphics and whatnot. But what does it actually mean to have a healthy hustle?
1: Well, I think a lot of, we go to these conferences and we come home and we think we have to do things all the time. And to be successful, we have to always be doing things or have to be the best at what we're doing and just always working towards something, um, having a healthy hustle, I think is hustling on our business and doing the work and putting in the time, but also having a healthy balance with your family and your friends and your, yourself essentially also, and just making sure when you're hustling for your business, you're not giving up why you have a business, which is, you know, for the time freedom or the financial freedom, emotional freedom, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And I think that's good. It's not just very simply, it's not about being busy, right? There is this assumption that I I think in some cases that being busy is a good thing, but it doesn't matter. Well, first of all, it doesn't matter if you're busy doing the wrong thing, right? So it's important that we first establish really clear kind of overarching goals for our life personally and professionally. So we're actually reaching towards something specific. Um, But then it's not just about being busy. Being busy is good to a point, but you need to be working intelligently as well. And that's really, really important. And and without being clear about the direction you're trying to go, it's difficult to work intelligently. So it's important to establish that. But when we're talking about healthy hustle and, and a little bit more of a balance, maybe you can give a few suggestions to our listeners as to how they can attempt to have a bit healthier hustle, if you will. Stay busy, but stay busy doing the right things.
1: Yes. So the first tip I would give is to focus on what's essential in your life. So what are the things that bring you the most joy? What are the things that are most profitable for you? And what are the things that are like necessary in your life? And for me, that's my family. And then it's the things that bring in the income. It's not necessarily the editing or folding my laundry or cleaning my deep cleaning my house. Those are things that all can be outsourced where I can focus on spending time with my kids or spending time bringing in um, more clients to my business and just the things that really matter most in business and in life.
0: And and again, in order to establish what's important to you, you have to have a clear, I call it a big picture view. This is what I talk about in my presentation that I'm going to be giving tomorrow. But it's the idea of having, as I said earlier, kind of an overarching set of goals that you're reaching toward. If you're clear about those things, then it's it's much easier on a day-to-day basis to develop that essentialism, to be clear about the things that you should be doing and that you shouldn't be doing. So that's a great first step. Take us to another one.
1: Um, the second one is that I started doing kid days. So I talked about this a little bit earlier, but my kid days are where I focus just on my family and my kids. Um, some days my husband comes on and some days we do it when he's at work, which he gets to miss out on. <laughs> but it's days where... Um, they get to choose where we go. They get to choose what we eat. And for the whole day, they get. I just follow them around at their pace. So instead of the days where we'll go somewhere for an hour and I have to rush them out there because I have to get to a meeting or finish something, it's a day where we take it at their pace and they just get to run the show and see that I care about what they want to do too because yeah. um, they were good all week helping me get my stuff done. Yeah. It used to be every single day last year, but this year... The oldest is in school, so it's a little different. We just do, like, afternoons or, like, a specific day of the month where we get out of school early and do something fun. But yeah, it's yeah. a day where we focus just on the family. And that's and been fun.
0: What kind of things will you will you do with them? Like, especially at their ages, what's the, what's the fun thing? What do they usually choose?
1: So my kids are 5, 3, and now newborn. And last year, we went to the Dinosaur Park. We went to the Children's Museum a lot. It was winter when we started it, so we did a lot of indoor things. Okay. We started park hopping and hitting new parks. They always want to go to Chick-fil-A every single time. And mostly it's just been those like places that are like extra. They're not the things we do on a, on a, usually on a daily basis. Sure. They're, they're usually an hour away or yeah. an hour and a half away. And mm-hmm. we just load up and spend the whole day in the different cities. So it's been fun.
0: That's so good. We, we used to do something called what started as fun Monday, because normally we'd shoot a wedding on the weekends and then we'd take Monday off. Right. And so we do fun Monday, and it was a similar idea. Close the computers, mom, dad aren't working, and you guys, you know, we're gonna go do something together. So we would go to um, Chattanooga, where I live. The area that I live in has a, a really wonderful kids' museum. So we'd go there. We have a beautiful aquarium as well. Go there, but it was it was centered largely around spending time with them, and so that they, they got that focused quality time with us. And I think that's so important. It ended up transitioning from Fun Monday to Fun Sunday as they went to school. Um, and and now we, we, we kind of take it to a grander scale. And I, I take them on big trips, for example, as, as a way to connect with them. And um, speaking of Xbox, it's funny. All three of us love to play together. So we'll we'll, um, we'll actually play together on a regular basis, actually, certain games. But the, the fun thing about that is it's not just our eyes are glued to the screen and we're not paying attention to each other. It really acts as kind of a, an opportunity to laugh and joke around and have conversation. Um, just a different, almost a different platform for conversation, which is kind of fun. But, um, it's, it's so important to be again, intentional and in creating that time for them, making sure they feel important, giving them that attention. And the funny thing, I don't know if you found this, but, Um, When my kids, particularly when my kids were younger, they'll hold you accountable. If you say, hey, this is fun Monday or this is fun Sunday or this is your day today, they will hold you accountable to following through on that.
1: That is so true. And if I forget, (laughs) it is not good. No. Not good.
0: (laughs) So uh, you mentioned we were going to talk about three steps. And I'll go ahead and just throw this out here. We talked about this earlier, the idea of meditation. This is another way um, that you said photographers can develop a, a healthier hustle. What does meditation mean to your life? How have you added that to your kind of your day-to-day or your week-to-week?
1: For me, I'm a religious person. So it's sitting still and either like reading my scriptures or um, just praying or just sitting still and, and thinking of like the bigger picture in my life of What, why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? Instead of just being so caught up in my to-do list or even just day-to-day stuff with my kids, it's Mm -hmm. a day where I can just look ahead and sit still and focus on what's right there and what I need to be doing next without necessarily the to-do list or the scheduling. It's just processing it.
0: There's something so healthy for us mentally too, I think, about that process of sitting and being quiet. And, and, and you even said this to me earlier before we started recording the podcast that it kind of looks, it looks a particular way for you. Meditation looks a particular way for you. You just described it. For me personally, it's it's usually I'll, I'll sit back up against a wall or against the couch just so I have something to support my back and mm-hmm. I don't have to work too hard to sit up. Mm-hmm. And then I'll close my eyes and I'll spend um, 10 to 20 minutes. And it's, there's something about just being in the moment Letting the thoughts come in, but then kind of seeing them out as well, not letting them clutter your mind. That is so clarifying and it's so grounding ultimately as well. It, it's so, I think it's important not only for clarity of mind, but it's also important for our, our mental health as a business owner. It helps us not get burned out as, quite as quickly, I think, as well. And it's, while it's certainly just one piece of the puzzle, I think it's a really important piece of the puzzle, and it's a good recommendation. I always forget the name of this book, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually try to pull it up right now as we're talking. But there's a book uh, that I've probably mentioned even on the podcast before that I read quite some time ago about meditation that's, that's particularly good. It is called The Untethered Soul. Um, and this is a book by Michael Singer. If you guys are curious about the idea of meditation, and, and again, there's no black and white rules for the approach to meditation, but... That is a really powerful book to read, and we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. But this is this is really good. And, and I said to you earlier, let's give them a teaser, our listeners a teaser as to just a little bit, really, of what you're going to be talking about in the SHIFT conference. We're going to make sure to link to the SHIFT conference in the show notes. So if you guys haven't, um, I, I'm not 100% sure when this particular episode is going to be coming out. Um, So if this comes out after the conference has gone live, I'm sure that you'll still be able to access the videos. We'll make sure to to link to the shift conference and um, you can listen to Kylie Ann's presentation on how to be a better business owner. Having a healthy hustle is just a a piece of it. You've got a lot more to cover, I know. So you guys make sure you check that out. But really, I can't thank you enough for making time to have this conversation today. For the Boca podcast listeners, for my benefit, for all of our benefit, thanks for being an inspiration and sharing this information with us.
1: Thanks for letting me be here and talk about this stuff. I hope that while you're working in your business and you're growing, you can find that healthy balance and not give up yourself in the process.
0: Absolutely. That's perfect. Thanks so much.